You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brent McCoy. Good evening, everyone. Chris Scales. Evening. David Hall. I know you guys want me to talk like this, but sorry, I'm back to normal. Greg Hectus. What up, boys? And Tony Groves. Howdy, gentlemen. Hey, hey. All right, welcome, everybody. It is week 13, and you know what that means. It's build day, and so there's a lot to go through, so let's jump uh, straight to it. We're going to go right into news. Uh, so, Tony, start us off with the fixed send-off. Yeah, I it looked like uh, there was a lot of people wanting to, you know, get their last races in on the on the old uh, on the old package. Um, looks like uh, 697 people signed up for the. Uh, I think it's a Friday night split. Oh, it'll be Sunday or, night. Was it the Sunday one? Okay, well, good. I wasn't paying attention. Um, anyways, for the uh, for the top split of that race the strength of field was 68 40 so we got the the creme de la creme so to speak uh having a having a hell of a race uh with that last uh package r.i.p man uh nascar in the new package and boy I, I already missed the old one i think uh but yeah a lot of people came out man uh, almost 700 think about it we usually only have 400 or so at uh, Sunday night in NIS fixed. And so that's a big jump. Uh, and it's probably due to that car is done. You know, we're not going to race that car anymore. So kind of bittersweet to see it go, but uh, interesting that everybody came out and r- ran it that last night. All right, David, uh, what, tell us what's going on with week 13. It's been a lot of fun series. Um, I'm going to just, uh, I guess, list off the and a few details about the few of them and then we can open this open up the discussion on them uh there's the le mans lucky seven which is basically the mon le mans class cover cars plus the bmw um it makes for seven cars it's one of their attempts to test the seven car system i've run a few of them it's been pretty fun this one though has been a blast are you afraid of the dark it's been running the radical rs8 at multiple tracks and it was the first time i've ever been on new hampshire road course it's also been at Dega, and I think last night it was at Laguna Seca. Been having a blast doing that. Uh, me and Mason the other night ran the tube frame twister, and that's a combination of oval cars and road cars running a combination of different kinds of tracks. Uh, the figure eight is has been running with the rallycross cars. I won and that the, last night. Yeah, he did. And uh, the 24 hours to fun is running the skippies, which has been pretty popular because it's the car that has the new tire model. New tire model. Oh, my God. Uh, all right, we'll talk about that later. But, uh, yeah, what do you guys think about week 13? Is this a good lineup? I mean, what I picked was I did try the Afraid of the Dark at the New Hampshire road course, and I did not know the track, and it was, like, impossible because you can't see where to go. And that, so, uh, yeah. That's the track. Doesn't New Hampshire's one go on the outside of the actual track? Like it's yes. There's a spot it goes like right on the backstretch. There it goes out into like the the camp out area. to the parking lot. Yeah, 
Yeah, so it's actually got some neat elevation changes. I practiced it just a little. I ran, I ended up getting to run three of the races. Um, the first time, it was literally just trying to learn the track. The second two times, I got podiums. Uh, once once I learned the track, it just took a little bit. But it's it was a blast. I, all of these have been really fun. I, on week 13, I usually kind of almost disappear. But there was three different series here that have been really interesting to me. Now, the other day, uh, I was in here when Mason, Phil, and Justin... Uh, got together and ran the 24-hour one with the, uh, it's not a really a 24-hour race, that's what they call it, but it's a skippy with the version 7 tire, and it's the one car that has a new tire model, and uh, they got in there and tried to figure it out, and uh, I, I think their results, or what they felt was inconclusive, they don't know the track or the car well enough to really understand what's changed with the tire yet, so um, I think... Um, Phil and, and Mason did run it on the V6 before the change switched over, and then they ran it again on the V7. But I think they still didn't really feel what the differences were. Well, that's at the new Charlotte, correct? The uh, new layout, one of the seven that they just released? Yeah. Yeah, and it was yeah. not the same Roval that uh, the Cup cars run, I believe. No, no, different one now. Is it probably that... Uh... Oh, no, because they would have changed that track because they bulldozed it all and put new pavement down. But I was going to say it's that one that you could run on on that uh, was that Ford track car, wasn't it? Mike, you ran, haven't you run those cars? Yeah. I may have already mentioned this, that, that one thing about that New Hampshire track, and Emsa never runs there, but it's, it's um, it goes outside the track, and there's actually some elevation changes instead of it being your typical... Uh, it's a big old hill, Roble. right? Yeah, there's a pr pretty big hill, a couple of big hills that you run around, and the last left-hander before you go back into the back into the oval is really off camber and easy to spin out. I won me uh Are You Afraid of the Dark race that first night at Talladega. I think I, I don't know if I'll race any more of those, but I want to try out the, the figure eights since they did them in the rally car this time. I think that'd be a lot more fun than those street stocks. And I'm going to have to look up uh, for my shout out here, or my uh, last off I'm going to have to give a shout out to that dude that helped me in that Talladega race. Because this guy, this guy in this race just pushed me the whole damn race. I mean, start to finish. And we just, just pushed me through all the nonsense, and it was just that easy. Nice. Yeah, that race, I won the figure eight. I got the lead pretty early, and I was just trying to maintain the lead. And I, the triples make the difference because I would pull up to the intersection of the figure eight, and I would look left. And I could see if they're coming or not, and I would stop if they're, you know, coming, so I wouldn't get hit. And that was how I survived. There's how no many jump. cars? How many cars? The limit there? I don't know. It was like twenty or so. And they have to put a jump there next week. Thirteen. They should do the same thing. That that's that's a mistake. How do they not have a jump in a figure eight track with the rally cars? A jump going both ways, so they still can hit, or? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, either way, they can have it just the one, or they could have it, you know, yeah, both ways, so we can. You gotta get air time. Yeah. Okay, Greg, next. Uh, BMW Hype. Once again, the uh, production team at uh, iRacing has made another gorgeous video um, showing the new BMW M8 car. Um, it was, I don't know what you guys think of it, but the videos are just, every time they are getting better and better. And this one also actually uh, showed the AI. Uh, making a funny thing, saying no AI, no, no AI were harmed in making the video. Um, but I, I think that car is going to be a very popular car. It's a really nice looking car. What do you guys think? Yeah, beautiful. 
Yeah, and, I have not driven it yet, but the video, like you said, has done wonderful production on it. They look pretty cool out on the track. I was just I was driving the Porsche hybrid, but uh, they were out there, and you can definitely distinguish them from the other GTEs. I've heard good things in the forums about the people that do drive these kind of cars, uh, saying they really, really, really like this car. In fact, uh, one guy said, hey, are you sure that you didn't put the version 7 tire on this car? Because it feels like it. Another thing they really love is the new sounds, just like when the Porsche came out. Whoever's doing sound work for iRacing right now has uh, really been stepping up the game. Okay, uh, next, uh, Chris, take cloud cover. Yeah, I might need to bail out a little bit on this one because I, had I, had, I see that there's a bug that is supposed to have been fixed Tuesday that had to do with the, um, the cloud cover, but I had a hard time getting to the actual bug itself. So know. the bug is, and if nobody's noticed or if you haven't noticed, it's always, 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 always partly cloudy. Always. Okay, I, yeah, never I, noticed that. Noticed. I never noticed so, that. Yeah. Okay, so that's the bug. And so they fixed it, and now it's not always partly cloudy only some of the times yep because when we ran uh when we qualified at the phoenix uh, in at phoenix for the open yesterday it was completely clear right we were waiting for a cloud and there was no cloud to be had right <laughs> now so they, we took note when they click that partly cloud like when it's on partly cloudy I'm, I'm trying to remember my head is the temperature affected completely on partly cloudy like um temperature wise like like so it can only go to a certain max like does that really affect, like, we could have had more temperatures on some of these tracks knowing that it was um, only partly cloudy? So, my, f I don't know if this answers your question, but my first uh, NIS race at Phoenix, in qualifying, five minutes, it was partly cloudy, and if you went early, you'd miss the cloud. If you went late, you got a cloud. And the people that went late got the faster laps. And... There was a temperature swing of over 12 degrees in five minutes. We weren't seeing those swings before. That's what I was trying to like get at. Like um, it's, it's it's a set area when it's partly cloudy. If it's changing now to clear and all that, it can probably swing more. There were some. I saw some pretty big swings in in some of the like cloudy servers over the last few weeks. Some people are saying it's too much of a swing, but that's what I've heard. You probably have to ask one of the real life drivers, I guess. I know it's huge. I mean, I've went from the the bottom of pylons to the top of them because of a cloud, so it's a big deal. I don't know if it's realistic or not, but I know it's fun. Well, if it's too much, they can obviously just back it off a bit and you know mm -hmm. fix it that way, right? Yeah. And I'd, I don't know about cloud settings, but we see it in real NASCAR all the time. Uh, that car that leads the leads the first half of the race slows down when it when the sun sets and. Uh, the track gets cooler. It ends up being not the best car. Oh, yeah. You'll see them on, um, in qualifying, just sitting out on pit road waiting for clouds and stuff. So there definitely is a difference in real life. I just, yeah, I don't know if it's that big of a difference or not. I said, well, I'll have to ask Dale Jr. I, that was the first time I saw in an iRacing qualifying session. It was interesting that the people that went late, because it was funny, because people, most people went early, you know, and they all finished at the same time, and they start talking. And the guy who was up front, he thought he had the pole. And then a bunch of people went late, and all of those guys went to the top of the board because they had a cloud. Yeah, it's a big, big difference. Just another strategy added into it, right? Yeah, and so that's what uh, David and I were talking about. The, on the next race, I'm like, hey, where's the clouds? And David's looking around. He said, there's no clouds. It's clear. VR for the win. 
But yeah, there you go. Because with the triples, I can't really... I can see some of the sky, but not all of it. That's where you would probably... The better thing would be to get out and use the uh, camera thing, Mike, with F12. Yeah. Okay, let's get into it. Release notes. So we had the release on uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, Brent, start us off with a brief description about the difference on beta. Yeah, they did a huge update to the beta UI. Very first thing that I noticed here, they got the vehicle damage on-off option, which is now in your hosted or test sessions only under the car options tab. With the vehicle damage disabled, all vehicles in the session are indestructible and will take no damage at all from any source. So if you're in your testing or you're in a hosted um, hosted race, this is a wonderful option for you if you guys are just looking to have some fun. Another thing they did was decals and numbers can be turned off in hosted or test sessions only under the car options tab also. Car numbers and car decals applied via the paint kit will not be displayed, and stock car contingencies will also be removed. So it's basically going to be like your off-season test out at Vegas or someplace where they just got the your basic car, um, unsponsored car. They also updated the sorting and filtering options through the series, and your license restrictions for joining a session no longer apply to spectators. So let's say I wanted to go up and spectate one of the pro drivers. I now have that option, even though I'm definitely not on their level. So as far as the current series for the beta UI, users now have a page with all current series for the season displayed. You just click on the entries to see a list of all currently registered entrants where you can spot, spectate, or join the session as a driver from that um, series page. These changes result in dynamic, or correction, these changes result in dramatic performance improvements and have been made to fix stuttering and responsiveness. Also in the search box, you can filter by session details, such as if the session is populated, has spectators, has friends, or has someone with your watched driver's list in the session. The uh, stuttering and responsiveness definitely was fixed. I tried it out on my VR, and uh, it was a lot easier to get into a race. I actually used it to register for one of the Lucky 7 races. And I also do like the homepage now that has each series and a recognizable picture. So it was really easy, quite easy to find the what what series I wanted. The, the next step they need to do, though, is to make it where you can enter VR from the beta UI on outside the VR because I don't want to be stuck in the VR when I'm setting I, up stuff. I, I saw a post that somebody from iRacing said they're working on that, actually. They're going to have that out soon, just what you just said. Is, is this is this starting to turn the tides to the beta UI? It, it sounds, sounds like is, it. Is it starting to work? It, it it was nice. I, when I jumped in there, I was like, this is pretty nice. I like it. I haven't tried it, but what gets me on this one is the vehicle damage off thing. I'm thinking those races I could jump into hosted where they're South Boston with some oval car and it's like a demo derby kind of thing, but it's still a race, but it's like anything goes. And that's going to make those races epic with the damage off. That's going to be very, very interesting. Well, and then I think I was having a conversation with Mason about this. Is it's very helpful if you're in a test session, you can you know do long runs, and if you kind of scrape the wall or something, it doesn't affect, and you have to restart your long run over. You kind of can just keep going and just throw that lap or that lap away. Yeah, there's lots of reasons it could be interesting to to try out. I was thinking hosted racing, but you're thinking testing. But yeah, it's neat. Yeah, it would have been handy even in that Radical R8 race uh, with the After the Dark. And the number thing, I, I'm still confused about how this is actually going to play out and work, but is part of the reason that they can be turned off is so that 
you have the ability to do a proper paint job where you're actually painting your number into the paint, kind of like they're doing in the peak. Yeah, that's what um, Bobby was bringing that up uh, in our messenger the other day about that. He was saying that, you know how we talked about uh, the nine car from when uh, Ray Everinghan owned Bill Elliott and then them when they first came in. With a flame they thing had, on They it. had those the, the, the three t dashes off the side of it. Well, right. they, that was, I guess, for as Bobby said, it, it's it's actually the letter E at the back of the those letters. So you can create that number now in your own font. It's for the fonts that don't exist, right? Like when you're in a paint program, there's hundreds upon hundreds of different fonts you can use. So and iRacing doesn't have that option right now. So you can make your own letter font and I, you can only use it what and host it and stuff, right? Okay, so if this is the case, then I have two paints, right? I have one that has a number painted on it for when I'm doing hosted or league. And then I have another one that doesn't have one on it because that's for official racing. And so then Trading Paints has two slots for the same car. Is that how I understand it? They might be doing it like they do with teams probably then because they have a team logo for, and for the same type of car as they do, or team paint job under the same heading as the normal paint job for that car so like if we had the ferrari you can put your paint job when you're driving the ferrari on it and then below it there's a team part of it for if you want to run team events so they might have a third one option that's probably you know hosted events or something i haven't looked to see yet it's also also it's also available for league races not just hosted races well i right. mean i guess they count as hosted but it's slightly different i i don't think we have the the answer here uh, i don't think trading paint supports what this does yet so we'll have to wait and see uh okay next up beta ui uh time of day uh, has been reworked and they have sliders instead of calendars um time carryover has been removed in favor of simply not adding a time offset uh let's see david tell us about member site okay internet explorer out uh, a couple of changes for league sessions league sessions can now be configured to dump races by or drop races by specifying the number of races that count towards the standings. Races are dropped for an individual when the number they have participated in surpasses the number that counts towards the standings. Uh, changes to the point system apply only to sessions run after the change was made. Uh, there's also a new point system that's been added for league sessions called DIRT, which corresponds to the USAC 2019 feature event points for non-Silver Crown races, as found in Section 5.9b. And there's a link that you can go to in, in the show notes. For league heat races, there's a points column that now reflects the points earned in that segment. And there's also a new column called Ag Points, which has been added to the league heat race results and reflects the total number of points earned from each of the first segments. And for spectator sessions, there's improved performance and organization by session name. Okay. And Tony, uh, iRacing Downloader and Engine Model. Yeah, so after doing the Season 2 update, um, all the future updates will use the IPv6 if it's selected. If not, or if it failed, uh, the updates will go back to using the IPv4 until it's manually changed. Um, yeah, the next one, the engine model, this is a big one for this update. You can stall your car. Um, well, I've done it. Yeah, <laughs> I've done it too, just for fun. Um the uh oh where i lost where i was um but what let's talk about this for a second before you proceed so the engine stalling really means 
the clutch really works like it should now. Like if if you have to start the car, you have to hold the clutch in. When you go to a stop, like at a pit stop, if you don't put the clutch in, the thing will stall out. Yeah, yeah, which uh, you know can totally change the game on pit road. Obviously, if you um, if you do things wrong, it's going to cost you a bunch of extra time. Right, and I've turned it on for the last couple of races, and and been forcing myself to use it. And it's interesting because I've never used really the clutch before. Um, it's always been there, but I never use it because the, I had auto blip and I had, you know, the anti-stall and all this other crap. And so it kind of felt useless. But now you can turn that crap off and, and really use the clutch like it's meant to be used. And uh, I've always thought when I first joined iRacing that this was the one, I, one thing it was missing. I always thought that this was the most obvious thing to make it like a simulator. Um, but the I, the the idea was as well, we don't want people to not be able to race because they can't figure out how to turn on the car. Well, I think iRacing has finally got over that that concept and, and put it in. It truly I, feels it truly feels or adds another aspect of this that they were missing. I didn't realize it until today when I started to, to mess around with it. The biggest challenge that I am finding with someone who didn't use the clutch before while going down pit road is getting into your pit stall i think out of 10 times so far i think i've stalled that thing out about nine of those times so um for someone that doesn't have their pedals mounted or drilled in to a secure base i'm learning pretty quickly i need to do that so that way i can left foot clutch right foot brake oh yeah keep that car running <clears throat> I've, yeah. I've, I've had to kind of work it around because i i wear a slide on my left foot and just leave my right foot barefooted. I don't know. It just feels comfortable that way. So when I try to right foot brake, I just, I tend to not push it hard enough. So I'm kind of doing a no, no, I guess. And I'm just popping it into neutral as I'm coasting into the pit. Good idea. Yeah. I, I have to train myself to put the clutch in when I go into the pit stop. That's the big thing. And then when you leave from a stop, you just got to gas the hell out of it and just, you know, make sure you don't stall it out. Well, so the whole thing about this is I'm kind of surprised it took them this long to do this because, you know, this, this is an option. You don't have to run it like, you don't have to run it like that. Um, so, you know, uh, I guess there, the option was always there because it says here that, you know, where it was previously a none option, um, it was actually not none. It was always uh, left the anti-stall clutch aid on for you. Um, so I, it kind of... Yeah, I'm kind of wondering why it took this long to uh, to get this out here, but um, you know, hey, it is what it is. It's it's here. It's it's actually a lot of fun. I really enjoy having being able having it force you to do this as as well with the you know with the cup car. You gotta program two more buttons for the starter and the ignition. Um, that's the one that kind of messes me up. Yeah, I yeah. and S is the key, and you got to hit I once. When you first get in the car, you got to push the letter I. That turns it on. And then you got to push S. Now, sometimes, depending on the car, you got to give it gas while you're pushing S. Now, um, I lost my train of like thought. Like the rally car, I had to, it would not start by me holding down the S key. It would just no. sit there and turn. And, and so that I had has to, to give do it gas. different transmissions, too, right? Those are different and, styles and the, of transmissions right and there's actually certain cars that you have to hold the clutch in before it'll start too well so, sorry um tony to go on your your reason when you're saying i don't know why it took so long i think the if you read into the way that they 
they built it. They viewed, they didn't just put it to, if you didn't have their clutch in, um, and it would stall out. They actually are using the, you know, the compression of a motor and finding when it goes into negative and RPMs and, um, and then actually stalling out because of compression and not just because it's saying you don't have the clutch in or whatever it is. It's, I think it's, a, they've gotten a more, um, a harder code uh, built up for this stuff. And that's probably what took them the while because they wanted to make it right because they wanted it to feel like, okay, if you're pulling away, you can, it'll, the car will start jerking around or it'll be sluggish if you don't get enough RPM and get it up hit road. Like if we had the old, I bet you the uh, old package, if we were at uh, Talladega or Daytona on the old cars, if you didn't launch it real good, the restrictor plate would be bogging you down with the way that this is talking about the with torque compression mode so yeah real high gear ratio yes well i don't know if you guys have tried this i certainly did just for fun but um if you put the uh like in the cup car if you put it into to first gear and start it up it'll actually lurch forward a little bit um and i i, I thought that was kind of neat so you, you know yeah like if you're gonna do it do it right and it looks like they have done it right um from you know, the little little bit of messing around I've been able to do with it. And though you can leave uh, anti-clutch on in um, pretty much all the official series, I guess, I know there's a lot of leagues that are planning on making that a forced option. Well, that's another thing that they added to this in the, you know, in the custom events or the hosted. Um, they, they have uh, a drop-down that you can set to disallow all driving aids and basically force everybody to man up and uh, work that clutch. Nice. Yeah, OBRL doesn't allow AIDS, and so I have to get this set up before the weekend because, yeah, they came, they got rid of it, so I have to learn this. And my pedals are adjustable, so my clutch has actually moved too far away because I just didn't, you know, I have paddle shifters and You can use silly. a button for a clutch. Well, I think I'm just going to move the clutch in and use it, you know, like it's supposed to be. I think it's it's it sucks that I have to to do that but i'm glad that i do i guess because it's just more realistic and more fun in my opinion it's just something i should have done already more realistic but, yeah well well you, it's you've never had the 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 ability to i mean now that they've added this where it actually will stall out it's kind of like you need to do it this way and this is the proper way to do it but i love it i think it's cool yeah really cool steve thompson gave me a heads up not to be very careful not to slide through your pit box because i guess that's another spot that's a uh, pretty ugly it's right. real easy to stall when you're trying to get it in reverse and then back oh, forward. Yep. <laughs> All right, uh, let's keep moving. Tire model, Chris. Yeah, the new uh, version 7 tire model has been introduced on the Skip Barbers. The, this model is significant, has significant improvements to both rubber compound modeling and tire carcass dynamics modeling. And the feedback has been very positive for the few vehicles we have been testing it on. Only the Skippy has undergone enough testing to release in this build, but we hope this tire model will be on every vehicle soon. The allowable cold pressure range has been opened up to allow pressures that are frankly too low, 14 PSI, and all the way up to too high, 45 PSI. But we feel it's important to allow you to push the boundaries so we can better find out if the tire is behaving re reasonably. Running at too low a pressure can give you a very evil car. High-speed corners and low tire pressures do not work, work well together. Which tire pressure is optimal will vary from track to track, and sometimes you may find compromising one part of the track is worth extra speed in other parts of the track. 
Also remember that average lap time is often more important than best lap time. So don't forget to average in extra time caused by spins. In other words, if you're having trouble racing on low pressures, try raising them. So yep. it's finally here. Only one for car. the Skippy, but it's here. So is it really here if it's only one car? Um, but uh, I guess it makes sense. Now, they, they, Eric Kudek did post that um, they're actually been working on it on all the cars, but the, all, it's just not ready for prime time there. So they're just doing it on the one to get, you know, obviously our feedback. Yeah, in the forums, I hadn't, hadn't really been looking, uh, keeping up with the forums for a while on the, the V7. But man, people are hot. And and uh, <laughs> there is a, I guess, I seem to remember iRacing, somebody from iRacing saying this was going to be out months ago. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah. Um, there was a post that uh, they said uh, in the fall release, right before the fall release, Oh, we just have a few more touches, so it's not going to make this release. And so that kind of made people think, okay, it's coming in the winter. Well, it didn't come in the winter, and now we're in the spring, and now it only came for one car. And you're right. There, there's a lot of people on the forums that feel like, wow, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess um, I don't – like I said, I can't point to anything that was ever said by anybody official, so maybe there probably, there probably never was. And um, Eric Hudek did um, chime in on the forums, and he said there are no false promises on this end. We've been working on V7 tires up until this week. They are just not ready for prime time. I promise you won't find a post where I said, or anyone else for that matter, that the top-level stock cars will be ready for V7 in this build. Transparency, transparency is the development on new tires. On new tires is the moving target, and we have the Skippy to try. I butchered that a little bit, but um, yeah, he just did chime in and say, hey, <laughs> we're, we're working on it. Soon, soon, soon. Yeah, so the Skippy version is basically the beta test for the for the new version 7 tire, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. that's great. So I'm thinking, you know, probably Another June. year? June? Yeah, Another build three months from now? <laughs> if they were smart, they they start rolling it out on maybe some of the struggling series. That way, you know, people would drive those cars, kind of like what we've seen with uh, everybody hopping on the, in the skippies. <laughs> yeah, careful, no matter they what might they be do, listening. And... No matter they what listening. they do, you gotta, if you roll it out, roll it out when it's right. Don't rush it and roll it out when it's not right. Yeah, well said. Yeah, exactly. And, and that seems like they do that for the marsh, most part. I mean, they do screw some things up, but... Okay. Uh, I'll keep moving. League racing uh, can now earn season points. Uh, you can have drop weeks as well. Um, let's see what else. Dirt racing. Reduction to tire grip on dirt surfaces as the hard pan is approached has been amplified. It says we're seeing two to two and a half seconds roughly of fall off in the tacky versus slick. And that fall off starts before you get to the hard pan. So chasing moisture is more important, which means that even if the track is only slightly used, the line everyone is running will quickly lose speed. That will force drivers to move around more and wear that track more evenly, which will again lead to better racing. And so I did run a dirt race last night, and it did feel different to me than before. I don't know what it was, but it has something to do with this track difference uh, changes they made. Was it for the better? Did you notice? I think it was. Um, it wasn't. It didn't feel like there had to be just one groove. Uh, you could move around a lot more than you could before. Is I think what I took away from it. Um, 
Good, because that was one of the major complaints, wasn't it? The fact yeah, that everyone's stuck on the bottom, lane. right? Yeah, right, right. Or everyone's stuck at the top on the on the cushion. Um, dirt's such a huge part of dirt racing, I and mean, that's something they really have to get right if they want people to take dirt seriously on here. I think they're getting pretty a lot closer, at least. Okay, they changed the rule on pit stops for GTE cars. They can only uh, do tires after refueling, um, and so that's made consistent now. Uh, let's see, uh, HDR, Brent, tell us about HDR. Yeah, this series, or this update, released a um, preliminary version of the high dynamic range rendering that iRacing is going to be switching to here pretty soon. Does not Your HDR does not require an HDR display to provide most of the visual benefits because many of the benefits occur before the conversion to the display. But HDR displays benefit the most, and you notice that that adjustment or that change in those visual effects and visual um, visual scenery. To enable HDR rendering without an HDR display, all you need to do is check the HDR rendering checkbox on your graphics options screen and restart the simulator for it to take effect. I did that, and I believe at the time I thought I was seeing a change, but we're going to get into some readings here where maybe I was wrong. Um, but to enable an HDR display, you need to run the iRacing graphics auto configuration and display an HDR10 or an HDR16F mode from the resolution dialog box. If you have issues, check the release notes for troubleshooting tips. Hey, let me jump in right there. Now, you don't have to do an auto config. If you set it to full screen in the options, you can do the drop down resolution there. It'll show your resolution, but it'll show a couple entries. It'll show HDR, like in parentheses, and then another one non HDR. And so you can pick. Now, I thought I'd read somewhere um, with this new HDR, it's supposed to be less demanding on the CPU. Yeah, and it it uh, makes the graphics card uh, bit to be used more. That's correct. Yeah, I had um, mentioned earlier when I was reading this that I had did this update because I have three HDR monitors. And, um, and when I first did the update, I thought I noticed a change and I was pretty excited for it. But apparently HDR does not work with NVIDIA surround settings. So if you're running triples and you're running the NVIDIA surround, which I am, apparently what I just saw was all in my head and wishful thinking because they're saying that it does not work and that they're currently trying to figure out a way to get it to work with NVIDIA. But they also well, want to say that Windows 10 is absolutely horrible with HDR. So There are benefits to this if you're non-HDR. You can still see a difference. But... If you have a complete HDR path, which is software, cabling, and hardware, the actual monitor, then that takes it to a different level. Um, so people like me, I have non-HDR monitors. I can still see a difference, but it's not much. It, it, it's kind of hard to tell the difference. So somebody did post a real nice GIF in the forums that swaps back and forth between the two. So you can kind of see the difference. And I want to explain it as it's a difference in dynamic range. The darkers look darker, the lighters look brighter. And so uh, another guy, uh, Husian Kokoslan, posted up some really nice images of what he got before and after with a, a sunset that just went down. And the, the brightness of the sun is like really bright, like if you were outside and looking at the real sun with the HDR on and everything working right. Yeah, the contrast and the colors look fabulous from the pictures that I saw. I was, I'm just pretty disappointed that um, Windows 10 is, they say, 
it is terrible for um, HDR in the surround sound. So hopefully there's a fix with that. But with Windows 10, I'm not going to hold my breath. You also got to be under Windows 10 settings, display. There's an HDR setting in there that has to be turned on as well for this all to work. Uh, notice the reflections off the side of the car in the last set of images. Uh, the difference between the reflection of the sun off the side of the car, that's really telling about what we're talking about. Okay, uh, David, visual effects and VR. Okay, there are, have been photographer spectators uh, spotted using flash photography in the stands and around the track. These spectators will light up their flash bulbs throughout the season session, especially when there's some serious action going on. And then on VR, uh, a form of NVIDIA's simultaneous multi-projection named single-pass stereo has been added to help optimize VR rendering. This reduces the CPU load of the rendering thread and increases the frame rate. SPS requires a supporting NVIDIA GPU. Uh, you can look at the list of the series if you want to check the show notes. Um, you do need to update your drivers to the most recent drivers. Um, there's also a possible hotfix or a potential hotfix for, for the Samsung Odyssey. We have that link. Um, there's another Skyfix for VR on the Thursday patch. I haven't noticed any problems with the, with the Sky myself. Um, and there's also a post that we have added mentioning some praise and i did enable this yesterday and it definitely increased my fps and reduced the cpu load it's pretty nice and so for months we've been talking about vr people having problems with stuttering with frame rate loss and from what i've seen this is like the magic bean that has fixed everything um, i haven't seen anything bad from anybody in vr about this thing called SPS. It seems to uh, bake uh, performance better if you have VR. And so this is a check mark in the options on the graphics tab up at the top left. Yeah, this has been incredible for me because I run a 1060 and I was, I'm right kind of on the edge of um, running the game in VR. I have a lot of stuff I had to turn off. And this gate, it, right off the bat, resolution was way better. And I still have some other stuff I can, I'm slowly turn it on and it was using less cpu it was like uh it was like in a video card upgrade pretty much and using less cpu it was it was a really nice optimization and i've heard rumors that through this they've actually found a few other optimizations and they'll be rolling out in the next week in the few next few weeks all right um one thing we missed about hdr i want to quickly mention uh, a very, very rare post from iRacing founder uh, John Henry, who is the namesake of the Boston Red Sox, as well as Roush Fenway Racing. Uh, anyway, he did post up in the forums on the HDR thread saying, I don't think HDR is enabled in Windows for triple screens, or at least with NVIDIA Surround. And so he is saying that... Uh, if you're using NVIDIA surround with triples, that your HDR isn't going to work. But um, I don't know if that's the case or not, but it is interesting to hear from the founder and see that he is uh, involved in this stuff. Pretty cool. Okay, Tony, uh, miscellaneous. Yeah, just a uh, couple of things here. Um, the pit crew uh, animations will now look directly at your car as it approaches and leaves. As well, the Indy Carpet crew has been training all season and is now 10% faster. Um, 
There's a new pace car model, which is the Porsche 911 GT3 Cup car, and that is the default road pace car. And another nice little tidbit here, a new admin command, um, track state has been added to allow, uh, well, especially in dirt, I guess would really only work in dirt. No, it wouldn't. Uh, anyways, admins can make on the fly uh, track state changes. Whoa. Okay. Uh, notable car fixes. Uh, I'm going to go through some of these, but um, let me see here. Dallara tire grip has been reduced slightly at road tracks. The new 2019 rear speed, speedway wicker options added. Full-length front speedway wicker has been removed due to the new season rules. Um, dirt late model. They made a few changes there. Um, all stock cars, minimum and maximum tire pressure limits have been adjusted. Brake and gearbox settings have been simplified by track type. I'm interested to see what that looks like. I haven't looked. Uh, this is new. Steering offset variable has been reduced to plus or minus 15 degrees. We'll talk more about that later. Keep uh, Remember that one. Uh, small changes to drafting to improve suck up at super speedway track. So they changed the draft model a bit too. Uh, cup cars only. They changed the aero package. Uh, the cup car gets the entire new draft model. Um, and horsepower is adjusted per track type. Porsche, uh, they got a BOP rule. Skippy gets the new tire model. Uh, super late models, uh, they changed a bunch of stuff there. I heard really good things about those. Uh, Greg, tell us about tracks. Uh, so they've redid Charlotte uh, now with uh, was it six different configurations here. Um, they also, uh, the big one is the Daytona Rising that they even put a, a video out for, which was another high class video for it. Um, it had a lot of, basically a lot of the build stuff on it showing the new draft package and, uh, the way the cup cars look in that video as well. So you can check that out. Um, and they just fixed a couple things on tracks and then Nuremberg ring, um, the preliminary version of the night lighting. So it's kind of like a, a beta version of the night lighting, trying to get it, you know, give us something, even though it's not finished yet. Okay. The Charlotte, uh, the big thing I noticed is the walls aren't yellow anymore. Yeah, I think it looks pretty nice, the new Charlotte track. And I believe there's actually seven different um, layouts for that new Charlotte one, with one of them has not been released yet. Yeah, so there's the one legend, though, I think. Yep. yep. Uh, all right, well, that's the build. Uh, okay, so let's wrap up the build thoughts. What do you guys think so far? What's your favorite thing? What's your worst thing? I, um, I'm, Go surprised. Ahead, I'm surprised at the amount of content that was in this build. You know, we, we were talking probably about a month ago. Did we really think there was going to be a whole lot here? And over the past month, they've, they've hinted towards more and more stuff. And then about a week ago, we finally got information on the tire build. And um, being with the, the Skippies and then some of the Aero packages finally got released. And so it's just, it's good to see that they're releasing all this stuff. And even stuff that we didn't think that they were going to release, they're still surprising us. So even though it looks like they're probably not doing a whole lot, clearly they're doing a lot of work on the back end that they're keeping to themselves, which is good. And they're surprising us with that. So kudos to iRacing. What do you guys think uh, make of them find, like releasing a track that's kind of in a beta phase? Like, well, do you think that's something more we should probably be getting, like, just to try and 
have more stuff here quicker or do you do you like the idea of them giving it kind of like a beta phase of what it was what do you mean like the charlotte roval we got the roval first and then we got everything else later well even like this nuremberg ring with the, the version of the lights it's not finished but you know you have some they've given you something at least see they've always re- nuremberg doesn't have lights and so it's meant to be a day track so it was always a day track but then when they add day night you can run it at night now but when they say night lighting, what they mean is like they're going to go through and put lights in on the buildings and different things around the track that should have lights that currently don't. They didn't draw those in because they didn't think it would ever be nighttime there. But that's something they could have just done and then fully released later. But I'm just talking about what do you think? Of it? Do you think it's a possibility that they do this more where they let something be released before it's complete? I mean, everything's not complete with what they release. A lot of the times, it's always a, a work in progress. But well, that's kind of how the Charlotte went for sure, because they released the oval. I mean, the Roval first, and they didn't do anything else with the rest of the track. And then here we are, months, months later, we get the rest of it. Um, I think the big thing is the VR fix. I don't think we were expecting that. The thing called SRS, it really has made a difference for everybody who has VR. I haven't heard anybody who said it doesn't. And, I, and, I, and it may seem simple, but the stalling thing, to be able to stall the car and to be able to use the clutch properly now, I think is huge, even though it's simple. Yeah, yeah. That, clutch, that clutch thing was, was my big one for, the, uh, for this update. I absolutely love that. It's so much fun. Yeah, there was, that was a nice pleasant surprise related to that. I saw a comment in one of the threads of an individual, especially for the road side of stuff with this, of iRacing. They, they want iRacing to introduce a kill switch for this car so instead of when you turn your car off to save gas hit that kill switch instead of having to go through the whole restart cycle you can just flip that kill switch off and release that clutch and it would fire back up so i I think that maybe might be their next option i don't know how hard that would be to implement you can bump start this yeah you can bump start them with the clutch that's how you save fuel when they're under caution but it's good to see them start going again and and adding continue to add these things so a kill switch next would be nice to see um okay and as we transition to the next topic, I'll bring up, again, they brought out the new NASCAR package in the March build. Timing, kudos to iRacing. Man, they got it done quick, 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 guys. We've only had Daytona, Atlanta, and Vegas in the, in the real NASCAR. And here we are with that same package, and we're running it now at Phoenix. And uh, we're going to be running the package that uh, California here sh- uh, shortly that they ran you know, at Vegas. And so... It, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I just kudos to iRacing for getting it done so quickly. Uh, obviously, NASCAR has facilitated this, and and kudos to NASCAR as well. Uh, we really do appreciate them uh, getting it to us so quick. And normally, we wouldn't expect this until summer or later. Well, this could have been a 2020 type of build thing, even with trying to get all the data from one season of racing. Well, I you know the changes weren't big, and so I think that's part of the reason we got it so quick, but. Uh, you know, they did a good job getting that done. Uh, Chris, uh, next story, peak reaction to the package. Uh, yeah, next is a tweet from Jimmy Mollis. He said, uh, testing for next Tuesday is officially starting with the release of the new package. First thoughts are that it's definitely way different, and it's going to take some time to get used to not lifting for a handful of laps to start to run. <laughs> so it doesn't, I mean, it's not hate for sure. 
It doesn't sound extremely positive, but um, has anybody um ran on a like a cookie cutter mile and a half? I've only ran at Phoenix, and so yeah. I mean, you you have a ton of downforce, but you still have to drive the car. Has anybody you know ran at Charlotte or someplace like that yet, or maybe even Vegas? That would probably Vegas. be a great test since we were just there. Yeah, I tested Vegas by myself, and uh, I'm really disappointed in NASCAR. I really am. I, I I'm not happy with the they they went the wrong way, in my opinion. Carl Edwards uh, said, "Let's take the side skirts off this and take off the downforce and increase the power," and they did just the opposite of that. And now the car, you just hold it flat out the whole time for. I don't know, seven, eight, nine, nine, ten laps. And then at that point, the tires wear enough that you have to lift just a little bit in the corner to get the thing to turn, just a hair. But otherwise, you're flat out. It's ridiculous. I think we're going to learn pretty quickly, though, that there's more that's going to go into these races than just that. I think you talk to everyone you talk to or you listen on these podcasts throughout this past week, you, you hear about how they, they went into this no, not realizing how important handling was going to be. You know, sure, you're, you're 10. 10, 15 laps, you're wide open. But after that, these cars become a handful. And I would not be surprised if we we get into, you know, we get to these mile and a half cookie cutter tracks if we have that same issue start to happen. After about 10 laps, this tire wear starts to fall off dramatically. And um, we start seeing those people come to the, that were at the back, come to the front, front to the back, you know, because you're going to have to save tires with this setup. And I think people are going to realize they're going to have to pick pretty quickly. And I've been thinking about this over the past day or two. What are we going to go for? Are we going to go for a handling race car? Or are we going to go for a race car that's trimmed out and will go fast for 10, 15 laps? So that's an option that we're going to have to start thinking about. And I, I think people, their first impression is to say, well, this is terrible because you're wide open. That's well, two yeah, different cars you described. So Yeah. Well, you're wide open. You're wide open for 10, 15 laps, you know. But after that, then what's going to happen? And I think we're probably going to end up seeing some longer green flag runs with this setup. I don't know. It's going to be hard to tell. We'll find out here next week or two. I was well, thinking I, you might lift... Uh, purposely in the corners even though you don't have to and early yeah, in the run save those so tires, you save right? those tires right so the later in the run you're passing everybody else who held it flat okay but here's another thing too what happens when it gets into night when you double you know you add more grip into the track so now you're going longer on not lifting and and doing all that so you're gonna have longer runs where you don't lift and stuff because there's more grip on the track when there's when the temperatures drop and stuff like that too like there's different types of races that are going to go on here yeah, uh, I'm with Mike. I've been screaming for years. All I've wanted to do is unseal the cars, and I think that would get rid of all this, all this downforce crap and body manipulation and all this stuff. But you know, NASCAR has the wind tunnels and all this crap, so you would have to think they've tested it and um, are this might be the way to go. But at least they're doing something, though. You know, this Tuesday is going to be really interesting because. You're going to see peak drivers who I, I thoroughly believe some are going to have cars that are trimmed out. They're going to be like super speedway cars, you know, and then you're going to have some that are going to be up for handling. And I think we're going to find out pretty quick, which way is probably the best way to go. And sure. talking about the real cars, it's, it's this, the downforce issue and the, the side skirts and splitters arrow push was a thing, even going back to the twisted sister. So what they're trying to do is just, with the with the restrictions and the extra downforce is make it just a little bit harder for the leader to just always run away and in the real race at vegas, at vegas we saw uh chain passes for the lead so i'm, I'm like pretty excited about it actually all right 
Uh, next up, uh, 2019 Season 2 schedule has been announced. Um, you can find it by searching those words in the forum. I'm not going to read it because it's the obvious. It really hasn't changed. It's the normal stuff. Uh, the 12-week uh, seasons that I don't normally run. But uh, but it's there if you guys want to ch check out the schedule. I did kind of peruse through it. I didn't see anything uh, that surprised me. Um, they have the normal carburetor cup, Delara Dash, pickup cup, and Industrian Fun road uh, stuff that's for the unofficial. Um, and so it's the normal stuff. No surprises. All right, Tony, uh, iRacing Top 10 highlights. Yeah, they uh, released the video for the for February. And uh, I got to say, they're, they're um, up in their game with the music for those videos. I, I rather liked it this month. Um, it's, uh, I don't think it's their best video as content wise, like the, the video quality and, and production is, you know, is, is just awesome as we've seen. Um, but there was uh, a couple of things that I liked on this one. There's a really good reaction from Casey Gerwin missing a wreck. And, uh, there was a, a nice last lap battle. Um, those guys were, were going pretty hard. Um, I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan at how it ended, but um, the battle up to that point was was really good. Uh, biggest takeaway for me was uh, the the common theme uh, for this month was was wreck avoidance uh, for sure. It seemed to be almost in every every video. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a, I think the big one I liked was one near the beginning where. Uh, they all stacked up at Watkins Glen going up through the, uh, the tight thing there after turn one. And, uh, this guy just never lifted and he kind of threaded the needle through there and boy, he just barely Casey. got it through. Casey has a, mo a moment is what it's called. Yeah. That one was cool. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I stopped paying attention to what was happening on the video and I was just watching his reaction. That, that was, um, that was pretty good. Yeah, it's a normal uh, highlight video, but uh, yeah, kudos to everything. Well, really well done. Uh, fun to watch. I always like watching these. Uh, this is something I showed to somebody at work to kind of describe what we do. This is a great video for stuff like that. If you want to show off what is iRacing, this is great because it's action-packed. It's got a lot of highlights. It goes into slow motion. It's got the great music, you know, and it really is uh, fun to watch. Uh, there was another epic video that was shared by iRacing on the Instagram page. Uh, did you guys see that one? It was crazy. Uh, iRacer John Theodore shows us uh, what you can do when you do a restart from 19th with one to go. And he uh, gained like almost all of those spots in one lap. Oh, yeah. like I don't know where he had that horseshoe, um, but... <laughs> He wasn't doing a lot of weaving around the track, that's for sure. It's almost like, you know, Moses part in the Red Sea. The cars just seemed to crash and get out of his way for him. He must have had a tire advantage or something because he's just driving around everybody. Um, you know, they're well, just like stacking up and he's going around the outside. And... Well, they were all busy wrecking each other. Yeah. He just stayed high and went around all of it. And uh, boy, a pretty cool video. I thought that was pretty neat. Okay, Brent, uh, Conti gets an upgrade. 
yeah, it's good to see these peak drivers getting some getting some support from their um, owners, their team owners. Junior Motorsports recently went and made a purchase, a brand new uh, computer rig purchase for Michael Conti, valued at about twenty eight hundred dollars. This this package includes a brand new NVIDIA GeForce RTX twenty eighty. Um, includes got an Intel i five ninety six K in there, a liquid cooler. It's a pretty cool looking uh, system if you want to take a look at it. We've got some specs and the prices on them on our show notes here. But if you go on Michael Conti's Twitter on there, it's an extremely well done, put together piece of equipment. I would say it looks about $2,800 worth. So yeah, kudos got to Junior Motorsports. To go with it. Yeah, well done. So it's good to see these guys getting backing from their uh, team owners. What a perk, you know. Uh... Yeah, I would not be surprised. I think, Greg, you had mentioned this earlier in the week. If we start to see more of this start coming up from team motors, they start investing in their drivers. Well, and this is the thing that we were talking about. What does this mean for the peak series? Yes, this year was draft the draft year, but okay. So now Dale Earnhardt or junior motorsports has invested $2,800 into Michael Conti. What does that mean? Do they want to get their investment? They're not going to do that every draft person, do you think? Like, I don't know. Like, obviously, $2,800 isn't a huge thing probably for junior motorsports, but um, there's got to be there's got to be a point where it stops. You can't just get every driver and then every, you know and then find another driver and do it, it. To me, it just seems like they're going to be um, to a point where this there's going to be a set set of guys that are always drafted by this are part of the same teams and then there's uh you know the what do you call it the the guys that aren't sponsored by teams getting in uh the privateers getting in and that's the only spots that are ever going to be available well hopefully there's more teams to cover the privateers next year yeah almost makes you wonder too if there was some uh like contracts that were signed early on in the year all right, now we're hearing David type over there. That's what you guys are hearing. Um, now let's go on to the next one. Uh, David, tell talk. us about that. My push to talk is on. Uh, basically, uh, Tyler D. Hudson put out a a reminder that all the balance pen, or the balance of power penalties have been incorporated into the default car specs now. So if you were having to set them in league races or hosted races, they're all set now. Okay, so everyone's back to the zero level, so to speak. All right, next up, a listener uh, left us a question. It was Nathaniel Wade Weaver. Uh, he's actually brand new to iRacing. Uh, he's literally waiting for his wheel to arrive, his first wheel. And he contacted us here at iRacers Lounge and uh, said he's been listening to the show, and he was torn between starting an oval or a dirt career um, in iRacing. And... Uh, it sounded like he wanted to stick with the dirt because that's what he's used to where he's where he lives in the Midwest. And I actually had a, a online conversation with him a little bit, gave him some tips, and just basically said, "Hey, uh, it's going to be hard for you to afford both, and so you kind of pick one or the other. Which way do you want to go? And then you buy tracks for that particular genre, you know. And then eventually you'll expand out and you'll be able to run everything. But uh, kind of focus on one or the other and and make your initial purchase, you know, related to that. So that was the, the advice I gave. I don't know if it was any good, but. Yeah, thank you to Nathaniel for asking us that question. If you guys out there have any questions for us or any comments or concerns, be, be sure to uh, send them our way. We'll try to answer them, maybe get you on the podcast. You know, yeah, we it, got a team of people that can answer it. It's not just me. It's nice to, 
you know, it's actually, you know, it, it, kudos for Nathan, to, you know, for, you know, getting back to us here. But I never thought of it now. Like, I've been around since when there wasn't much content and just adding over the years, you don't really see an, a, a cost. But that initial cost nowadays is is pretty big if you're trying to, like, if you wanted to do the NIS every week, you'd have to buy a track or something like that. Like, it's there is a huge cost now because of the content that's that's here if you want to but i like that you're you know somebody wants to focus on a series because that's the only way to kind of keep your cost down well tony that's how you did it about a year ago you were buying tracks as we went through the season right yeah actually i uh i, I was finally yeah about the middle of last year is when i got all the uh nascar tracks but i i did plan my way through that um basically i i bought all the tracks that uh we double up throughout the year i bought those ones first and my my first year um running nis i wasn't able to run a full season um but by the second year i was yeah about halfway through i was able to, to pick up the you know the remaining and i always tried to buy in threes because that way i'd get that uh that discount of you know 15 percent or 10 percent well, and and Tony, that's also in Canadian dollars, so that's like ten times as much as expensive. Yep, absolutely. Every time okay. I buy a track now, it says you just get this discount because I've, I've just hit that max. Okay, um, we're gonna skip a few, of the, and we're gonna jump to the last story before we go to hardware. Uh, Greg, uh, there's a new exploit in town. Thread was started earlier today, and then subsequently deleted. But we actually heard about this and got a screenshot. So tell us what you heard. So I guess the original post was from Eric Hudek then. I, I didn't see that. Obviously, they're, they're, they've cropped it in this picture here. But um, he said that there doesn't appear to be an issue with the modified drag uh, coefficient that causes this. Basically, it's, um, there's, a, a sign, there's a sign problem. It... Uh, Unlikely to have impacted cars behaving where they should with the rear in close proximity to the ground, but sometimes uh, uh, rovers. So this is ride heights, right? Yeah. So they're talking about ride heights here. Now um, Keegan Leahy is the one that uh, posted to it, and he goes, uh, "There's plenty of effect on the ride heights. Uh, he found extra." Um, extra speed every time he kept raising the ride heights he would gain tenths and hundreds by by doing it so um this was deleted pretty quickly um i think i was taught we were talking to hammer hammer had uh, brought some of this up as well and uh he it's funny there's a hot fix tomorrow um too so yeah, they're going to fix this in the this? hot fix. Yeah, they're fi they have a hot fix tomorrow. It has something to do with ride heights. There's some kind of exploit with it. I don't know I to say that I understand exactly what it is, but uh, it's interesting that the thread has been deleted as well. And uh, But apparently tomorrow it won't be a problem. Do you think they do that? Do you think they delete that to kind of as a PR move? Kind to of squash to it? Avoid, well, yeah. Yeah. Because not everyone will know about it, but we're talking about it, so a lot of people will know about it because of our show. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if it, it was only up for a couple hours before it got deleted. But one well, of the guys, you, sorry, Dave, if you look in in Ke Keegan's uh, poster, it said it took him five minutes 
of looking because obviously ride heights is probably where the first place he goes to try and find speed out of it so that's where they first found it right off the bat when it first came out all right let's keep moving brent uh tell us about our sponsored driver yeah we sponsored josh gerlach i mentioned it last week on the podcast for do work do work motorsports josh is currently racing in the um where is it here? The 2019 Full Throttle Sim Racing Cup Series prints by Real Sim Racing. His race this week was at Las Vegas Motor Speedway this past Monday. Started P23, but he had a pretty good run. Uh, P13 avoided an early caution that happened right in front of him on lap three. He had the iRacers Lounge podcast car up there doing some work, making moves on the long green flag run. They went caution free for about the final two thirds of the race. So he's currently sitting P13 in championship, moving up six positions from last week. So thank you, Josh, for all your hard work you're doing on that car. And I love watching the uh, broadcast on LSR TV. If you guys are interested, every Monday night, check them out. All right, very cool. Let's jump to hardware software. I'm up first. Uh, it's a company review, uh, drivegameseat.it. And that's an Italian company. Uh, they're from Italy. And they have some pretty cool stuff, guys. I they have At their website... Uh, they got some cockpits that are to die for, some stationary cockpits. Uh, uh, they have a couple low-profile pro ones. They got an 8020 uh, with triple monitor stand, uh, uh, all kinds of formula-style ones and so forth, and quite a selection. I was kind of impressed. Uh, they also sell you know wheels and everything else that you might need for a simulator. And um, so if you're in Europe, you might check out this website. Uh, what do you guys think, like over there? The I haven't had a chance to read it. So. The Carbon RS one that I was just I just opened up here with the, the Carbon Fiber logo here. That looks like a really nice seat there. It looks like 8020 that's kind of Carbon Fiber looking-ish. I really like the Formula GT rig they have. It's kind of red and black, and it just looks freaking cool. I it, it, The design of it, it just looks sleek and modern and uh very functional uh the way it's set up with the keyboard kind of off to the side and uh looks like the pedals can be moved and angled in all kinds of different directions so you can really adjust the the seating uh, they have a gif that kind of rotates through images and you can see where the seat would tilt way back and you could get the pedals way up in the air and kind of uh, get this laying down thing going on you know like an indy car or something very cool. All right, uh, Chris, Exact T-Force Feedback Wheel Project. I am in the wrong spot. Yeah, this one is interesting. Uh, Do-it-yourself uh, situation. So it's another, uh, is it a direct drive? Yeah, it looks like a direct drive. It's basically um, a guy's uh, post uh, about, you know, a direct drive wheel that he built, you know, from scratch. Oh, okay, yeah, actually, I called this last week. Sorry, I, I guess we skipped one up top I was waiting for. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's exactly what it is. It's a kind of do-it-yourself project. But the one thing I really couldn't find was um, kind of a good details parts list. He, he made It's a really great post, and if you have the time to read through it, it's probably um, probably worth it, but it's, it's almost too detailed. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... I don't know. It's not something I could do. But I think this is something like you see that um, that box that VRS is coming out with. Now I think that's something like you could take VRS's box and you could put it together with um, perfect. Yeah, build your own wheel 
with you know, get your own motor, build your own wheel, and then you have yourself a direct drive wheel. There you go. There you finally got the matchup. So, all right, Greg, three uh, D wrap. So, looking through this, this looks like a it's a three D printing company that um, prints accessories for wheels, um, and so you can have. Uh, stickers or stickers there's paddles uh extensions um better clamps for g25 and 27 and 29 920 shifter uh, shifters. For the shifter. yeah that's yeah. huge because mine comes um, off a lot on road courses you can have you can change them to a sequential uh just a sequential if you would like with a it just looks like a something that's 3d printed that you could bolt in so it's basically a guy that or a site that just prints stuff that you would need to convert some of your existing shifters and accessories for these certain model wheels and pedals and everything. Uh, Replacement clamp for the G27. Yeah. Wow. Or you got yeah. mods for brake pedals. I um, am going to order those clamps because my shifter comes off all the time. I My engine blew up last week because of that. Here's the big one is they print a lot of adapters for the wheels to put different rims on. So that's a nice touch they have as well now did you also notice um the hand controller the throttle and brake hand controller you can get one of those from this guy as well that's uh that's kind of neat so they're yeah. so, so they're playing to you know if there's uh any need for uh um handicap need yeah if, if you got a disability and you can't you can't, yeah that's what you got to go for yeah it's good so that's uh, www.3drapsit slash simracing dash mod. All right. So 3drap.it. All right. Very cool. David, button box. Beautiful. Yes, it's a button box. It's um, basically specifically designed for iRacing. You look at it and you, you can see the labels and kind of the design and know exactly what everything's for. It's even got a little joystick that's designed for the black box and a couple of buttons. Uh, there are several different options that you can order. It's got, uh, I don't need to go into details. You can go to the site and uh, it's a very nice looking button box uh, that looks like it's specifically built for iRacing. We've covered these ones before. This is a repeat, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, a repeat. That's, that's exactly what this one is, is a, uh, a button box specific for iRacing. Everything's already prefabricated. Everything's already labeled out for you. If you're looking for a truly honest plug-and-play system, this is, this is probably what you're going to want to get. Look at those labels. The quality is high. It's not like a sticker label. It's like it's printed on there. But I, I have to say that it would probably look better if Tony had the label uh, responsibility. <laughs> I have to agree. <laughs> and then they have like colors for the borders, or like it's all like carbon fiber front. But then they have a, a a soft gray background for behind the button with a colored border, and you could get that in bright yellow or soft blue or white or black, which is kind of neat. Now this is uh, this company's from France and. I don't know. I love this button box. I just think it's beautiful. I just think it's one of the best looking button boxes I've ever seen. And I think it's just the way it looks as far as, like I said, the gray background, the colored borders, the way the labels are printed in there. They're not stickers. I mean, it looks really good. When you go, when you go away, you know, and you're not, if you're just thinking of a button box, this is kind of how your image of your brain comes out now. Because once you see this, this is what you always 
look back on is probably a button box because it's the most memorable one you look at. 300 euros. I look at it and I, I basically see A racing. Okay, uh, next one is a rig review. Uh, it is a GTR2 uh, made by Fast Track Sims. Uh, and so uh, they did uh, show this off on their Instagram page. And uh, it, several pictures, I think five here. And uh, boy, I mean, what do you think? I, I love the seat. I, I just think the seat, the, it looks like a proper NASCAR racing seat. It's got the surround around your head and all that. Um, and it's not an 80-20, but it's more like a thin kind of sheet metal. But they, uh, you know, painted it black to make it look sleek. They, well, that, I'm guessing that monitor's got to be on a hinge or something to get in and out of that. They have the yeah, monitors tight up yeah. there. Yeah. You're basically almost, it's almost like it's surrounding your head because even you got the seat there that surrounds right to your ears, right? You're, you're the, if you look to your left there, you're almost going to have a little bit of a blind spot on one of those monitors almost. Yeah. I really yeah. like it though, the way that that's set up, especially with those curved monitors on there and. Um, just the way the seat position is compared to the, in relation to the, the pedals and everything. It's a very well put together. It's actually not a very big footprint either. Fast Track Sims. Uh, they're on Instagram. That's how I found that. All right. Uh, let's do one more before we jump into uh, results. Uh, Tony, another rig review. Yeah, actually, Mike, this one uh, is very similar to the one that you were just looking at, except this one is 8020. Um, same type of seat not quite as nice it's a sparco seat um it's got the uh you know the the head pieces there and uh this guy's got it set up with the same type of you know the, the big curved monitors great fov like you, you you have to approve the fov on this one and it's uh it i think the the best part about this build is is uh like it it says in the in the little write up there is the footprint. It does not take up very much space at all, but it's got everything you need. Um, it looks uh, very clean and sleek. Sparco seat, you know, Sparco is a, a race seat, so he's got a proper race seat on there. I mean, I just love the eighty twenty, and I'm so glad that Mason bought an eighty twenty rig. I could live vicariously through Mason, I guess. All right, let's jump into next uh, results. Uh, NIS. Uh, so let's finish that up. Uh, first was, uh, well, uh, Vegas. We, well, I guess we should talk about last week, uh, Vegas. Uh, we ran uh, Thursday night um, after the podcast recording, and I ended up, uh, I don't remember what I got. I didn't notate it. Uh, Bill notated he started P1 and finished P12. Uh, Friday open. Uh, let's see. Chris, you got a P3. Yeah, yeah, it was a um, pretty good race, actually. Um, had a terrible qualifying effort and started in the back, but um, the set that Brent built was awesome on the long runs, which we didn't have this week. <laughs> Missed those, but man, yeah, it just those guys, um, I'd lose a couple of spots at the beginning, but I mean, the thing was just awesome after about 20 laps. All right, and then Tony Groves, you put Redemption, P7. Yeah, well, I mean, the the showing I did Wednesday night was absolutely horrible. Um, like, uh, it was a bad, bad, bad finish. Um, I, I was able to 
make it back this time. P7 uh, kept the car clean the whole race. Um, and I qualified P7 and I, I was pretty much in the top 10 the whole race. So I didn't do a whole lot of moving or anything, but I didn't destroy the car and I was able to to take it home with a decent finish. All right. And then David Hall, you got P7 as well. Yeah, my best finish ended up being a third, which I think we ran actually last Wednesday. I, I had a P7, then I had another shot at a win and got wrecked out by some hard racing at the end. Uh, it was a fun track. Yep, and then uh, Bill, uh, he got a P3 um, as well. And then, Greg, you got a P25 wrecked out early. Well, I was in that same race with Hall, and I got wrecked, taken out because, if I remember correctly, David, that was that very chatty race, was it not? That was well, that. there's a certain member that we all mention happens to be chatty all the time. Yeah, and he was, he was and, there. And he, it was in that race, and he was in every wreck, but none of them were ever his fault. And then the wreck stopped happening when he was finally gone. So <laughs> just a coincidence, yeah, I figure guess. that out. But um, once that set, the set that Brent and uh, had started working on there, we had used that. Uh, Hall had a good finish in that. Um, but I... Uh, I was going up through the field. I was coming up into the top five when I got wrecked out by some the other two not battling over a position on the track that they did not to be, need to be battling on and uh, probably wrecked a, a pretty good finish out of me. But uh, I battled back because I was, I think it was 35th last car um, once I got my damage fixed and just stayed in it and tried to salvage some points. Okay, that and that's... That set was very good long run. It was interesting because I ran the first race with a short run set up. And so at Vegas, it seemed to be really, uh, you could either run short run or long run, even before the package came out. All right. Uh, Sunday open. Uh, Mason got a P13. Uh, Brent, you got a DNF. Yeah, I got, I had a very fast car, but it all started when I failed to qualify any good. I qualified P9, got ran into literally no doing on my own twice on my right front guys coming off the turn turn four and then once going into turn one he uh one guy smoked me sent me down the inside wall after that second wreck i just couldn't hold on to it anymore so i just took the car to the garage and we we called it what it was for the first dnf of the year p26 <laughs> <laughs> all right sunday night i ran uh, the final race in the old package uh p15 i actually ran a guy over under caution because I was texting on my phone and that's the first time I've done that. And I felt pretty bad about it. I apologized and boy, it's uh, it can happen, man, in real life. And it can happen in iRacing. I thought, Oh, I have time to get this text out before we slow down for the pit road. And I was mistaken. Uh, Brent being the uh, resident police officer, uh, do you want to uh, hand out a ticket to uh, <laughs> LSR? Yeah, it'd be about $180 worth in the mail ticket so you can pay that directly to me if you want yeah put the phone down guys uh even under caution because it'll happen we can just put that in the uh, irises lounge league prize pool there you go all right uh, moving on to phoenix uh i'll never call it ism it's always going to be phoenix to me um mason he got a p23 um he was doing good after not qualifying got caught up in somebody else's mess off four uh, only ever got one minute of his three minutes of damage fixed. Uh, David Hall, you got a P12. Yeah, I was running mid-pack through, the, through our big, green, long green flag runs. I was, I was stuck around 24, 23rd. Uh, we had a 
we got into green flag pit stops and I timed mine out pretty well. Came out of the caution with only 10 laps to go. Um, actually, there may have been another caution, but somehow we ended up with a 10-lap run. And I don't know what's happened, but me being somebody who likes to pride himself on long run sets, but uh, in open, it seems I'm able to make an adjustment and make some hay on these short runs because I picked up, I started 20th and ended up 12th at the end of the 10-lap run. Now I ran uh, top ten all uh, all day, um, a highest fourth. Uh, a lap car w had blown up, was in high in one and two. We were too wide going by him, uh, fast, and he just turned down into us. He just okay, I'm blown up, so I'm just going to take out as many as I can with me. And he literally turned down into us. Uh, I did recover for a twelfth place finish. Um, Chris, you got a P10. Yeah, the I spun myself out probably four or five laps into the race. I was I was actually thanking a guy for letting me by. A guy checked up a little bit to let me go because I was quicker and keyed up the mic coming off four and just wobbled a little bit and that was it. Nosed it into the wall. And I don't. I'm wondering what happened because I only had I towed it because I couldn't get the car to move. It only had 22 seconds of damage once it was fixed, and I'm. I don't know how it could have been damaged where it wouldn't roll, so I'm wondering if I didn't stall it out when I mashed it into the wall. I don't, I don't know how that works yet, but that was kind of odd. Um, but I got my few laps back because we had a million cautions, 15, I think, and uh, survived for a P10. Okay, and then Bill, he got a P6. And then today, uh, P7. Uh, some guy took me out. I ended up taking out my teammate David. Uh, he got caught up. And then, even though I had damage, I, in a long run, I came from 30th to 7th, all in one run. And I was like, wow, how am I doing this? I was just passing everybody. And uh, I've just been running really good, uh, but just, you know, haven't really got a lot of results for it. But P7, not bad. That was yesterday, actually, that we called oh, was it. it? Yeah, and it wasn't you that took me out. You just got, I just got collected after somebody dumped you. Yeah, that's right. It was yesterday. That's right. Uh, okay, and then today, uh, who ran today? Just uh, just myself, and you know, it was uneventful, so to speak. Lots of cautions, uh, no long runs except towards the end. Uh, I don't remember where I finished. I think it was twelfth, maybe. And I think uh, yeah, Bobby I blew up. Were, yeah, Bobby blew up, and you were with P seventeen, I think. Oh, that's right. I, I, I got caught up at the end in some, didn't I? Yeah, you were doing really good. You were P two. Yeah, top five. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah, I think I got two on one, two tires on one stop, and got to second. That was my highest. But uh, yeah, I got caught up in crap and ruined the race. That's what happened. All right, uh, that's it. Let's get into final thoughts, I guess. Uh, Britt McCoy, what do you got? Yeah. Um. I want to give a results poll. I had the Podium Esports um, League race back on the 28th. Had the uh, heat race, qualified P3, finished P1, won that heat race, and then went on to the race, the 125 lap feature, I believe it was. Finished P7, just unable to hold on to the car. Next race is at Rockingham Speedway. So as far as league races, that's it for me. If you guys are interested in becoming a sponsor or looking to get on the show as a sponsor for the iRacers Lounge podcast, you know we're open to ideas, open to hear what you guys have to offer. Give uh, myself, shoot myself an email or, or Mike or any one of us here at iRacers Lounge. Shoot us an email or get a hold of us on Facebook or iRacers page. We're looking for individuals who want to come on board and be uh, sponsors for this podcast. 
we got some great packages for you guys if you're interested in that. Yes, yes, we do. All right, uh, thank you. And Chris Scales, final thought. Uh, I didn't get the, wasn't able to look up the guy that helped me in that week 13 race, but hey, thank you for whoever you are. Nobody rides behind a guy like that and pushes them through a, a race, especially a week 13 race. So, any more guys like that dude on the sim, or maybe not quite as many because we just be riding around each other. He didn't pull out on the last lap? No. Uh, yeah, there's a, we had a, there's a couple groups of cars and he just, I, he just stuck with me. Okay. David Hall, final thought. Uh, we did run Sebring last weekend. It was me, Mason, and Greg. Uh, both Mason and Greg did a pretty good job handling the car, had a few small mistakes. Um, and then I had a big one towards the end uh, where a guy was in a place I just had no idea he was there, and I turned right into him. Um, but we still had fun, and I'm looking forward to the next endurance event. I'm, I doubt we'll run Nuremberg, but uh, we're, we're probably planning on running Le Mans. All right, very good. Greg Hector's final thought. I totally forgot that we ran that race on the weekend. Thanks for the reminder there, David. Um, I've just uh, got some uh, products in this week, and I'm waiting to test uh, some new stuff out here that I got. Uh, and uh, so I'll have a review on my new racing sh custom racing shoes that I got uh, from uh, a company that uh, we'll, um, I'll, I'll talk about on the uh, on my reviews. Um, so look at that. Uh, you can... You can watch me race at uh, twitch.tv slash frozen cactus, frozen with two O's, cactus two K's. Um, so I'm just looking forward to trying the new package out. I haven't had a chance to uh, get on the track yet. All right, then, latecomer Mason Stiver, you're here. Tell us about a big box you got today. Oh, yeah, I'm building my P1 rig, and uh, the, the actual rig itself hasn't come in yet, but the uh, seat did, and it may have been unboxed before me but i got it so i'm excited to check out that seat it's an nrg innovation seat that uh bobby helped me out pick so that'll be cool and uh talking about sebring a little bit with those guys yeah i spun the car out about eight thousand times and only once hit something but uh but my trading paints didn't work when i loaded up i had white cars the entire race so that was exceptionally frustrating but um, one last thing, the after that Sebring race, my uh, Fanatec wheel decided to not calibrate correct, correctly anymore, no matter how many drivers I install, how many things I delete. So if anybody has any ideas about calibrating a Fanatec uh, Club Sport 2.5, I will take them. So you're still having problems with that, huh? Yeah, in, in the sim, uh, whenever you click on the calibrate wheel, it does not go down to zero on the left-hand side unless you turn it too far. So, but it's drivable now, but it was just, just the, not like it used to be. Okay, so listeners, help out Mason. Uh, let us know how to fix that. All right, very good. Tony Groves, final thought. Yeah, it's been a it's been a weird start for me to the NIS season. It seems like uh, my, my first showing at the track, I totally bomb and just uh, completely die in the standings. And then my second run at it i uh redeem myself it's happened at uh, daytona and um and vegas i had to i wasn't able to do atlanta at all but uh i i guess it's an okay trend i'm still gaining ir um but uh i would certainly like to uh not take those ir hits with my first race um and just get some more gains absolutely all right. Uh, my final thoughts is, wow, we are in the middle of NIS. 
I'm P36 in points. Uh, Mason, you're P35. I'm nipping at your heels. Uh, David, you're up in P26. Uh, but, boy, man, you got to keep getting those points. And with the new uh, package, with the new NASCAR, I'm really dreading California next week and uh, what's going to happen with the holding it flat for 10 to 15 laps and all that nonsense. Uh, am I going to like it? I don't know. It might suit my style. And I'm kind of anxiously hoping that's the case. But until you get in a race and you're around a bunch of other cars, it's really an unknown, I think, for everybody. And so we'll know next week at this time uh, what we got. So with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.